0: T-G-I-F, y'all. I don't know about you, but it's been a week, but it's Friday. So today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're talking about all the money the A's gave to our legislators, why a possible burner account inspired a lawsuit against CCSD soup Jesus Jara, and the resolutions we really, really hope our city tries to keep. It's Friday, January 19th. I'm Sonia Cho Swanson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. All right, we're here today with co-host David Figler and from the Nevada Current, contributor MJ Lyle, Michael Lyle. Welcome, y'all.
1: Thank you. Great to be it's good, here. Good to, it's good to be back. <laughs> on,
0: on, your own, on your own show, yes.
2: I'm just happy to be anywhere. It's good to be invited.
0: Great. Yes. Well, you're always welcome to the party, David, because this is also your party.
1: And you could cry if you want to. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. I do, MJ. Oh, I do.
0: <laughs> well, let's get into the week of news because this news item has been making some waves. It seems like the A's have handed out some cash monies Where did that money go, David?
2: Yeah, no tears for uh, over 40 Nevada legislators, including people at the Clark County Commission level. Uh, The financial contribution disclosure forms had to have been filed this week, and they have been. And a lot of people were very curious just how much the Oakland A's, who people will remember, are intending to move their team here to build a stadium on Las Vegas Boulevard, and who asked for a sizable amount of public contribution gave to those politicians who were voting on the package, which ultimately was valued at $380 million of public financing. Yeah, through a lot of different (laughs) means and methods, but still safe to say the Oakland A's got $380 million commitment from us in public funds, maybe a little bit more. So now people are scrutinizing the list. Who got what? The total amount doesn't seem like a lot, especially if you're getting $380 million, but it was a little bit over $100,000 that was distributed. Uh, some legislators did very, very well. Some got sort of the, you know, okay, you two dollars bones. But okay. uh, to a lot of those legislators, any contribution means a lot. So people have taken to social media, not just ace fans, with the old chestnut, Sonia and MJ, how influential are lobbyists in making decisions mm. um, and how much does their money count? What was the
0: <laughs> what was the you said that some of them some of the lawmakers got a nice uh, a nice big chunk of change. Uh, yeah. Who got Ten, the
2: biggest... 10K, the max. OK, mm. who
0: got the Who got the big 10K, uh, you know, presents?
2: <laughs> so three of the seven county commissioners got uh, the big Santa present of 10,000 10, max out. I don't understand the rhyme or reason for two of them, but okay. Uh, the other four didn't seem to get anything. And certainly the A's uh, hopes for public financing did in a lot of ways rely and uh, still rely on a lot of uh, help from the county, not just in financing uh, commitments, but also you know permitting and all the other stuff that goes with that. So they, the 10000 went to Ross Miller, who's not even running for re-election. Interesting. It went to William McCurdy, and the final 10000 went to Michael Naft. Interesting. And then in the legislature, there were two, two that got 10000 as well, and that was Senate Majority Leader Nicole Cannizzaro and Speaker of the Assembly Steve Yeager.
0: So I think where it kind of gets spicy is, uh, you know, the lawmakers who were initially opposed to the A's funding package. Did any of those lawmakers get money that then perhaps swayed their vote in the next round? Like, is, is there a sense of, you know, the impact that any of these donations made?
1: MJ, did you see that one particular legislator got fairly trolled?
0: <laughs>
1: yes, State Senator <laughs> Fabian Donate famously, throughout the beginning of the uh special session was very critical of uh, the A's bill and called it disingenuous, only for uh, during the vote, actually voted in favor for the bill. And so there was a lot of trolling at that point uh, saying, wow, we find your vote disingenuous. I think people took the social media on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it, kind of calling him out, saying how critical he was only to turn around and vote. And he did receive some money uh, from the Oakland A's.
0: But not a lot.
1: Yeah, he got 2000. You got two thousand dollars. Yeah, that just seems like a
0: pretty low price to turn around such a like vociferous advocate for turning down this public funding package.
2: Well, only the harsh critics are calling it a quid pro quo. We are responsible, neutral journalists here on this podcast, so we are just bringing <laughs> the facts to the people, and they could draw their own conclusions. Sonia Cheswanson.
0: Of of course, of course, right, right. So yes, lobbying money has nothing to do with legislation whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I, OK, just to throw a little wrench in the works here. This is just kind of like how politics works. This is nothing new. I mean, we just saw the news you know, that came out on Thursday this week about the teachers union giving money to lawmakers. Did, y- did y'all see that yeah. in the yeah. Nevada Independent? $310,000 that went to four lawmakers before uh, some contract negotiations with CCSD. Maybe this is business as usual. I mean, didn't some lawmakers who voted no also get the donations? So basically, zero effect. I hate well, this
1: notion of business as usual, though. Like, should this be business as usual? Should like mm. should donations equal votes? Like. I don't think that's how our state should be run at all. I I know I'm a very idealist journalist. <laughs> People point that out all the time, that this is kind of just the way the, the system works. But it shouldn't work this way. I remember Barbara Buckley was on this podcast last year talking about legislation to help those in housing. And you asked her about where votes are going to go. And she said, look at the donation, look at the dollars. Yeah. And so this is like a tried and true mm. thing of like the top lobbyists donating and getting kind of what they want and the legislation watered down to what they want. And every day, Nevadans suffer for that. And so, yeah, maybe this is the way that things work, but should it and is it? It's not working for the most people. Not to
2: suggest anything is illegal, but what MJ says, I think, strikes at the heart of, you know, what our democratic system has become. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and just play kind of. Yeah well, you know, just to get those the the facts out so we can discuss it just a little bit more. Of the 38 yes votes that the A's got in the legislature for this public financing package, about 30 of them, by my count, seem to have received at least $1,000 in campaign donations, so not all of them. And then, as you stated, Sonia, some, a handful of the no votes also received mostly the minimum that they gave anyone, which was $1,000. I think that the concern above and beyond just the general concerns of the influence of lobbying and money in votes is that this particular company is out of state. Mm. They're, a, you know, a California entity, California people. And people elect Nevadans to do what's best for Nevada. And, you know, if, if there, anyone should be financing it, I think there's a lot of people who think it should just come from the Nevadans, even the Nevada businesses. But once outside businesses start their influence peddling, that it isn't always in the best interest of the state. It's It's very, very
1: interesting. And mm-hmm. if a billionaire wants to build a stadium, you have a, a lot of dollars to do that. So by all means, There's that do, too. That <laughs> do that on your own. Do that on your own.
0: There you is a model for any. that in
1: our community. <laughs>
0: right, right. That would be, of course, T-Mobile Stadium. So I think what's interesting about this to me is that I I don't feel like I've seen this level of public scrutiny on public finance contributions in a really long time. I mean, of course, these get filed every year, like the numbers come out. But the public outcry for for this particular issue about the A's feels particularly... I don't know, viral maybe. Do you guys get that sense too?
1: I think people are just like dumbfounded that one of the worst baseball teams potentially coming here. I'm not a sports fan, but from what I told what I've been told, one of the worst uh baseball teams particularly potentially coming here and just us funding again another using public subsidies to fund like another billionaire's pet project like There was a lot of anger over this. Maybe there is a lot of support of of this too, but there's more. I, I see so much anger, especially right now, considering so many deficits that we have in social services. That's where I report on. Like I'm a social service and housing reporter and there's so much deficit in that. And so for us to spend so much time and attention and a special session of that to, Let's to approve the special this. Session. Yeah, it was a special yeah. session that's happened. But to approve that and everything that goes behind this to make this happen when there's so many deficits, I think that's what's getting people so so angry right now. And right. you have some aggrieved people who are very vocal and
2: not just Ace fans, but the one of the two Clark County School District unions is really keeping this alive and saying, you know, this time it. It should stick. We've done these... And look, we've all seen these political campaigns. Candidate X, my opponent, is in the pocket of big gaming or big... You know, and and these are fairly ubiquitous. I don't know that they they hit or that they land or that they change the needle for a lot of people. But this one does seem to really potentially have the legs. And I mm. think legislators always have the option of turning money down. You could say, I'm going to vote yes, and I don't want your money because I don't want anyone to be able to accuse me of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because people will always make those accusations, whether this plays out in the next election cycle, which, you know, I I think a lot of legislators bounce because they didn't want to deal with the the next legislative cycle. So a lot of these people receive money. We might not even see them on the ballot anymore.
0: Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see in the next uh, election cycle. uh, And when the ads start rolling in, we'll see how many of them mention the A's funding.
2: Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist, Steve
0: All right, let's go on to our next topic because CCSD is getting sued again. MJ, what's going on with this messy bee?
1: (laughs) So, online, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, there was some back and forth about the in between conversations and vendettas between Mm -hmm. state legislators and the Clark County School District. And an alleged response between uh, Superintendent uh, Jesus Jara said, What leadership? kind of referring to uh, state lawmakers, but. What leadership? Corruption and bought by Crooked JV and his mistress, Nysis. JV stands for, of course, Clark County Education Association, the unions, its executive director, John Velardita. And is, of course, is the CCEA president, the union president, Marie Nices. Nysis responded last week that this personal attack that it's vile and not true and truly upsetting. Uh, so they put a lawsuit in saying that they think that either the superintendent or his comm director posted this. Um, the union is, in, is, is saying that they were told that the account was supposedly hacked. That account has been deactivated since, but the union is saying that there's also a, another burner account that has been pretty particularly nasty to them online. And so what they're asking for is public records, essentially, they're saying that CCSD archives all these tweets and everything that's coming out. And so they're trying to get access to this. And of course, CCSD is like, what tweet? I don't know her. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so... Essentially, what they're just trying to do is get public records. And CCSD is just not great at getting public records. For the last year, it's something that I've been covering. What? They've actually, yeah, <laughs> they have been in court arguing against the release of public records of a video that of a altercation between a cop slamming a uh, teenager onto the ground. And so, yeah, this is just another lawsuit where people are trying to get public records and CCSD is like, eh. Yeah. Maybe.
0: <laughs> okay. So so just to clarify, there are actually two accounts, two Twitter accounts in question here. The one where they're like, yeah, it is uh, JAR's account, but he got hacked. That's what CCSD is saying. And the That's other the one which is
1: saying that they've been told. Yeah. That he,
0: interesting. That, yeah. And then the second one is like a burner account that seems to be kind of like piling on to all this mess. And they also think that is Jara's account, but it's like a burner account.
1: Either Jara or, again, the comms director. And so this burner account has been making supposed defamatory comments about CCEA, the union, and other people associated with that. And so the lawsuit is asking the district for all its archived data relating to social media accounts, Twitter and X, whatever you want to call it. They're trying to find a smoking gun.
0: They're trying to find a smoking
1: gun. Or a smoking tweet.
0: A smoking tweet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And,
2: and, and, And they really are kind of piggybacking everything on this one tweet that MJ just talked about, which, you know, essentially accused people of having an affair with each other. And I guess that would be the the main salacious part that they think mm. is going to get people on their side saying, you know, how vile and misogynistic that is, but also, you know, a, a side shot at how the Nevada state legislature is fairly rudderless mm. and not not good leaders. Uh, it's all a lot of, I mean, you no, know, unironically, a lot of high school drama It at is the high level school drama, of the superintendent and the <laughs> so and the union we'll and, and and look, not to let the union off the hook. they they push a, a lot as well. Uh, but they haven't yet been accused of having burner accounts, uh, you know, piling on stuff. So this is it's a sideshow, uh, in in my opinion, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think the school district has bigger fish to fry. I think the union has bigger fish to fry. But here you go.
0: OK, so this lawsuit, honestly, to me, just seems to hinge on the question of whether someone's personal Twitter account is considered public record. Because theoretically, mm. his like, mm. right, his superintendent Twitter account is theoretically his personal Twitter account, although maybe the union is saying that it's not his personal account. So my question is, even if it is public record, does that tweet where he's accusing someone of having a a mistress on his either personal or public account, isn't that just like freedom of speech?
1: I will say that the union president made an, an interesting point that the tweet that tweeted this out, the handle, has CCSD in it. And so the union president made the statement saying, hey, I also have a separate account for my CCEA stuff. And so if you're going to post for like your own personal things, don't loop your organization into into the tweet as well. Mm. Hmm. Sonia, it's almost like we didn't really think
2: out social media ahead of time with the implications of free speech in the First Amendment and, and the law of defamation. I mean, if only there was a defamation case that was out in the public eye right now hmm. uh, over horrible, horrible tweets that people send at each other. <laughs>
1: God. I mean, defamation oh, God.
2: is excluded from First Amendment. You can't defame people no matter what. Okay. Uh, you know, calling somebody a mistress, whatever. I, I think that arguably someone could say that that is defamation and a jury. You could find that. Public records is really interesting law. You know, there's Nevada Supreme Court case precedent that says, you know, legislators using their cell phones, their cell phones are open to public record requests. Wow. Even their personal cell phones. Wow. Um, and, and so, you know, the lines as they're drawn are, are sometimes wavy, sometimes solid. And yet I, I can't imagine that there isn't any HR or comms person out there who's not telling their people... <laughs> Don't tweet this shit. Don't do burner counts. What the hell
1: are you thinking? <laughs> it just opens up all of it.
0: Mm.
1: So, yeah, this right now at the, this moment is not a defamation suit. Mm-hmm. Um, CCA is very much saying that this is not a defamation suit. What this is about solely is public records and getting access and just seeing who, tweet, who tweeted what? <laughs> what did mm-hmm. the tweet And say? to what end? T- and to what ends, to, yeah. And to what end is to try to bring down Jara.
2: I mean, mm. clearly, that's their motive here. Uh, yes. You yes. know, they might have higher principles that they're suggesting, but I think that it would be disingenuous to not say that one of their prime motivations is to just get Jara out as the superintendent.
1: What are you uh, talking about? They, they have such a with great that. relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's been smooth sailing for the last year.
0: <laughs> oh, totally smooth sailing. <laughs> it's totally
1: smooth sailing.
0: Okay, so, all right, let's get down to it. Do we think Jara actually sent... The tweet, or was he actually hacked? Do you all want to put your uh, put your bets in the bowl here?
2: I I don't know, you know, because I I went down the rabbit hole of that forensic file uh, Twitter account that went through every tweet and had arrows and circles. It was like an FBI whiteboard, and uh-huh. it made a pretty compelling case that Jesus Jara may very well be carrying around a burner account
0: oh. and
2: may have forgotten to switch back over. Gotcha.
0: We'll uh, we'll link to that uh, tweet thread uh, in the show notes. By the way, if anybody wants to go down the same rabbit hole.
1: Ugh, it was a lot.
0: MJ, are you, you have uh, you have your speculation.
1: I actually do not have my speculations. Um, I will be quite honest; like I don't know. Like I'm going to let the lawsuit, you know, play out in court over a course of a year as they go back and forth and CCSD uh, contracts and outside counsel to fight this in court, um, <laughs> as they yeah. typically do. What about you, Sonia?
0: Ooh. Uh, I'm leaning towards you David because I also saw I also saw that same uh, tweet thread. But the thing I just actually want the most is I just want all of this stuff to come to light. I cannot wait for this case to to move through the courts and then and then see kind of what's behind the Twitter veil. I'm I'm dying to know. And this is just maybe the journalist in me, but I'm like let it all out. Put it in the sunshine. Uh-huh.
2: I just sideshow, sideshow, sideshow. I wish everyone could move on and just focus on oh. what's important for our kids and our teachers.
0: Oh, David, here for the here, real here. here for the real stuff. Okay, fair. But sometimes a side of messy drama is fun too.
1: <laughs> I know, but if all you have is messy drama, which is feels like that's all it's been, messy drama, like, at some point, I guess I'm not a Real Housewives person, and so if I were, maybe I just <laughs> would revel in the fact that it's continued messy drama, but, like, I'm over it, like... Going back to oh so what I said in MJ, the last segment, The real
2: superintendents of Clark County <laughs> on Bravo. <laughs> oh. I guess it wouldn't be yes. on
1: Bravo. It'd be like on um I guess have it'd a, be on C SPAN. How about on City It could be a uh, a, a podcast spin-off? version. Yeah, spin-off. Our weekend spin-off. <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. Okay, last topic of the day. We're talking about New Year's resolutions because I recently read a study. That came out of Strava, the whole, like, fitness app that tracks, you know, your runs and your bikes and so forth. Yeah. They looked at 800 million participants, and they found out that most people give up their New Year's resolutions by, wait for it, January 19th. Today. Which is today. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. We made it, everyone. Congratulations, <laughs> on great 19 days. <laughs>
0: yeah, 19 days is better than zero, right? Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, since today is January 19th, I'm curious, what resolutions are you all hoping that our city, the city of Las Vegas, has not given up on yet?
2: Ooh, I was going to start with, I hope they keep their promise and resolution to be more transparent, but I believe that has already been blown. (laughs) Hey, 19 Uh, days. They made 19 days. God bless. God bless (laughs) county and city and Henderson. I mean, literally passing laws so they don't have to be more transparent uh, in that 19-day period. Uh, wow. So the one I'm going to go with that I hope that our Valley uh, holds as a a resolution is to, to keep all these new sporting events uh, accountable. That's been a resolution, that we're not going to make the same mistakes with F1 again this year. So I'm hoping as all that's unfolding right now— that, that resolution to keep F1 accountable to the community uh is definitely upheld uh one really quickie uh there was a funny because F1 announced their the new hours for the uh Grand Prix for next for, oh, for this yeah. year right uh-huh. and then County commissioner chair tick Siggerbloom slapped back and tweeted out uh that's interesting we haven't even given them their permits yet <gasps> oh yeah yeah, oh. so that Spicy. accountability, I, I, I'm I, I'm hoping and praying uh, that that resolution gets kept. And that was not from a burner account.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, that was, well, <laughs> yeah.
1: he's a burner, baby. He's <laughs> yeah, the burner.
0: <laughs> he is. <laughs> what about you, MJ?
1: Oh, you know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about housing, of course. Like, I hope the city does not forget, or the city, the county, all the elected that have power do not forget that we have a sizable and growing unhoused population. And... They have made so much promises, not only to build more affordable housing, but to look at ways to address our growing homeless population. I hope that they keep the resolution to do that. And that does not include more laws that potentially could criminalize homelessness and where they are allowed to walk and be in uh southern Nevada, whether it's mm. on the strip, whether it's in parts of downtown, which we've seen more and more criminalization that is going to affect their lives. And so my hope is that the my resol- My hope is that the resolution for this year is to focus on solutions that work to get people back into housing and doesn't that doesn't just shuffle them around and criminalize them.
0: Mm-hmm. You're here. I think you've also- already given
1: up on that resolution too on day nineteen, but you know. Oh boy. <laughs> Sonia, I am counting on you to bring up the mood.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Mine's so small. I know this is like not the grandest of resolutions, but I know that the county has been looking at the the parking and traffic situation in Chinatown, and I just wanted to get better this year. I want to not have to fight an 80-year-old granny for a parking spot outside (laughs) of a grocery store in Chinatown. (laughs) That's She's all like, I I'm want. I'm gonna
2: get those dumplings, Sonia. Church yeah, wants, yeah. I'm gonna get the last dumplings. Ha ha. I mean, cut
0: off. to be clear, I'm gonna get the spot. But like,
1: <laughs> oh god, you are heartless, heartless. <laughs> I'm joking, sort of. Maybe I don't know.
0: <laughs> but I just wanted to. I mean, also, it's just like it's a pain and it's dangerous and it's not walkable. And so, let's just make the parking and driving and ingress and egress out of all these shopping centers in Chinatown so much better in 2024. Fingers crossed. Here, here. All right. Well, MJ, David, thank you so much for this delightful conversation. All the spice, all the nice. It was so much fun.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to see you, MJ and Sonia.
0: That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. I'm executive producer Sonia Cho Swanson. Our producer is Leila Mohammed, and our roving producer this week was Lizzie Goldsmith. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and our hosts are David Figler and Sarah Lohman. Music is by OG Moose, Epidemic Sound, and All the Kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the Nabuvi, The Southern Paiute People. If you enjoyed the show, and I know you did, go tell a friend. Then rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our brilliant morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care.